This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com back very excited to be joined by my good buddy Haroshaya Padrushka Irina Dudina hi everybody hi Jeff it's your first podcast yes <laughs> why are you nervous we're not even on a video or anything I don't know <laughs> so we have, we here we're here with uh, the husband and the new baby the brand new yeah brand new baby so this is number two huh yes I remember when the first one now holds the first, what three almost two and a half wow. exactly so uh, you're in town here, but I wanted to talk to you about a pretty crazy story during the COVID, like the peak of COVID that happened. <laughs> so let's go back in March, right? You're living in Spain. Right. With Federico and your husband, my, my buddy. Yes. <laughs> love that. Love that guy. Um, so you guys living here for a long time. He got transferred to Houston, then Spain for his job. That's right. And you went to see your parents in the far east of Russia. Yes, so as as soon as we d- well, as soon as I found out that we're pregnant with our second baby, um, my plan originally was to go to Russia during summertime so I could put my oldest one to some sort of a Russian camp so she could get her Russian on and and things like that. But once we found out that we're pregnant, I wasn't gonna go during the summer anymore, so I decided to go in March. So it was. Um, March 7th that I flew to Moscow from Madrid and basically four days after that Madrid so, was so early March that covid was a thing people knew about it it was but it wasn't like not it, no actually yeah it was just starting and um it wasn't going to be a big deal and my husband was even joking about it he was like oh don't worry everything's going to be fine even though the first week I think it was happening the he didn't show up to work because they closed the office and he's like, don't worry, it's just going to be a couple of weeks. And Mm -hmm. so, and you weren't, you you know, we say Russia, we say you were in Moscow, you were in the far East, which is by, but way by Korea. Yes. So I flew to Moscow. I stayed there a few days with my friend, Zhenya. You know her? I do know. I do. (laughs) I do know Zhenya. (laughs) I wish she was listening. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. And so, and then I flew from Moscow to Khabarovsk, far East and, Okay, so you're there, and your parents are there, your friends were there. Yes. And you were supposed to stay for how long? Three weeks. I was supposed to fly back to Madrid on uh, April April 1st. Okay, so what was the first time you realized, like, oh, this might be a problem? Uh, probably when... Probably when they canceled... So at first they canceled my April 1st flight and they changed the date to April 2nd. And then on April 2nd, they told me that I'm not going to fly anymore until May 1st. And that's kind of when I thought, okay, probably May 1st wasn't going to happen either. So I heard about this because Federico was messaging me. Yeah. And this is way farther into the ordeal. 
but we, he was actually looking at the idea of maybe getting a charter because some people were chartering flights like embassies or governments to get people out. Yes. But that wasn't really an option, was it? I mean, because there was because you're Russian, right? So we were trying to work with the um, Spanish consulate to see if they could help me somehow to get back into the country, and then in parallel we were working with the Italian consulate. Um, because Violetta is an Italian citizen. I gotta say that kid. Now, how many passports? What Italian? Are we supposed uh, to talk about this? Well, she was born here, and you're Russian. Dad's Italian, Venezuelan. I mean, I took a, I took a picture. Remember, I was in Houston. Yes, yes. About three years ago, yes. she was just born two years ago, and I took a picture with all the passports. Yes. And I said, "Where am I going today?" And all these people thought they were my passports, like I'm a spy <laughs> or something. Yes. Because it was just a front cover. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That kid's gonna be set up for a what well, easy travel situation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, so so we we were looking at the private flight, and yeah. I mean, what what was it like twenty grand or thirty grand or some, something insane? I, thi- I think it was one hundred and fifty thousand. And so Federico said, if you could help out with oh, the well, donations, <laughs> maybe I was. I, th- I think I it might have been. I think it might have been twenty grand or thirty grand from Moscow. Okay. To Sp- but then to get to you know to get there was, um, you know, it's so far away. Right. So okay, so now you're talking to the what airline was it? Well, Aeroflot and Aeroflot, this, is the, this is the Russian. This is the Russian one, and uh, for some reason, I thought that that was the only airplane that was functioning at the time, and I should have probably looked at other options. And but my tickets were were with them, so that's why I was. To um, give to give folks an idea, how far is a Moscow uh, Habarovsk flight or Habarovsk Moscow flight? Seven hours, seven to eight hours, depending on so the wind. So it's a long. It's not some. Russia's huge. No, yes. So it's it's, it's a long flight, it's and you got flight. and you got a kid with you. Yep, and I got a, I'm pregnant uh, with a two two year old at the time. Yeah. Okay, so. So, the this, just to make this even more dramatic. So my flight was supposed to leave on April first, and they told me that already late for me. But they told me that the last um, charter flight for Spanish um, residents or Spanish citizens left on 30 of March. And, um, yeah, so, you, so, so I lost, so you missed that. <laughs> I missed that. And then of course, um, the Italians were involved and they were telling me that, um, they did also organize some charter flights, but basically they were telling, they were sending out messages a day before the flight was going out of Moscow. And, um, I w- I was still needed to go from Khabarovsk to Moscow. So I, I never made it on time. Now at some point, didn't you decide... Because your da- your dad got because your dad's uh, uh we say depo- deputat right deputat, yes. he's a <laughs> political uh, he's mm-hmm. politics so now there was uh, the driver how the dri- now you were no, that was before you were going to maybe drive from Moscow through Belarus right that was the last um, our last uh, option right okay so, so so before that you were still trying to get from Habarovsk to yes before that I was still trying to talk to Spaniards and to Italians and, uh, and ask them you know if you have any other flights. Um, Organize, please let me know as soon as possible. You know, I'm trying to get back to my family, to my husband. I'm in this in this situation. And uh, um, on May 1st, when I was supposed to fly, um, and they, they canceled, of course, in the middle of April, they canceled my May 1st flight. So there was no other options from Aeroflot whatsoever. So Federico got involved, and that's how the whole Belarus came into the picture. So he was able to book my flights from Moscow to Belarusia. 
and to, then to, to, Minsk. to Minsk and then to Barcelona, where I still had to um, get on a train from Barcelona to Madrid. So it was. No, no, I got to say, I've been, you, you know, I've spent a lot of time in Russia. Yes. Is talking, I, I assume talking to the Russian Aeroflot people on the phone probably isn't so easy as pick up the phone, dial a number, get somebody. No, it was actually, it was very, very hard because it, I mean, they were waiting times as much as like two hours. Sometimes I want, I was on the phone with them and every time I tried to call, um, I would receive a different response because I don't think they were necessarily so, I mean, were there notes? aware. What, Did you have to start over? From they just had to start over again. Oh, and wow. in the beginning, they were still telling me that, oh, I can change my flight for April 12 or 11. But then uh, when Russia closed on the 30th, that was kind of and actually you you weren't in Habarovsk you were in uh, Bitabajan right yep two so hours and a half driving from so, Habarovsk so you're in like the Jewish autonomous oblast yep. right Jewish are autonomous you, region are you in like the village basically or what it's a town <laughs> I'm not 70,000 people I think I don't I don't come from village <laughs> I don't <laughs> but you're, 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 again you're so from there you have to drive to Habarovsk yes and then you have to get a plane, which you know flights were reduced, so it wasn't every day that I. I mean, in a normal world, you can get a flight from Habarovsk to Moscow every day, several times a day, but um, because of the COVID and everything, a bunch of them were reduced or cut, or not even every day you could be able to travel. So that's. So your issue wasn't your issue wasn't really getting to Moscow. That that was doable, right? Mm -hmm, that it was, was doable. It was really getting back to Madrid, yeah. to back to Europe. Yeah, yeah. And Federico was was telling me that I needed to get to Moscow because from there things would start. You know, it it seemed that it would be a little bit easier to manage then. So now I'm in Moscow, and but um, well, you're a lot closer. A lot closer, exactly. Did you ever look at doing something with Asia, like from Korea? Did you think was that really an option or no? Yes, but they were not. They were not. All the flights were canceled. Okay. So there were no international flights with so, Russia. So you were, now, at one point, I remember in the story, you were going to M Moscow, but then you decided not to go, right? So what happened was Federico got me a ticket from Moscow to Minsk. And um, by the way, folks, if you're listening, Belarus right now is, this was at the time, no, but now it's in like almost revolutionary state. Right. So that was not happening at the time, but. No. And so, um, and so when, he called me, so I'm in Khabarovsk, so we made it in Khabarovsk, we drove to Khabarovsk, and my flight to Moscow is in like four hours, and Federica calls me in the middle of the night and tells me that my flight has just been cancelled from Moscow to Minsk. So, th so they cancelled it. So when it was a hard decision, but I decided not to fly to Moscow, and so I lost the ticket. You're in like a hotel? Um, no, I'm in my aunt's house. My aunt is, ah. lives in Khabarovsk, so I decided to, so it May 1st, so... I decide not to go to Moscow. I lose my ticket, and it's, it's no. tough. And then I decide to stay, and and that's when my dad got involved. And that's when he uh, in Russia we said we he uh, made the call. Yeah, <laughs> so he was um, he was able to talk to the governor of the Far East and explain him the situation and say how he could help. And um, apparently, he was able to give us his Moscow diplomatic car that was supposed wow, to drive that's, me that's high from, <laughs> from Moscow to Minsk. That's high level. Yeah. Now what's Moscow to Minsk? Is that like five or six? No. Uh, it was about, it was going to that? be like, yeah, like seven to eight hours. And so you're driving. in a little car, nice car, maybe the flag. Yeah, thing. because originally Federico was telling, my husband was telling me that there is a, a bus 
an executive bus. Oh yeah, I remember the bus, and I remember <laughs> yeah. thinking I've I've ridden so many buses in Russia, and I'm talking to Federico about this. Yeah, I'm thinking like uh, you know, with a baby by yourself, okay. Yeah, exactly. With a, with a two year old, exactly, and pregnant. I don't know if that's maybe the best. Yeah. Option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so then you did go to Moscow. I, so finally, yes. Yeah, so my my dad was able to get a um, you know um, a confirmation from from the governor, which tried to convince my dad to convince me to stay. He said she shouldn't be going anywhere; she should stay. But if she really wants to go, okay, green light. We ha- we have we have driver. Yeah. <laughs> what was his name like? Was it like? Please tell me it was like Yuri or something. Dimitri. Dimi- okay, perfect. <laughs> so Dimitri, the, yeah, the diplomatic the, the driver. Dipl- the, the dipl- oh my gosh, it was also a funny story. I'll, I'll say it a little bit later. But so um, my dad went back to the guard and said, no, I wasn't able to convince her to stay. She needs to go. She's She needs to go back to Madrid. And so uh, we get me a ticket on the 13th um, of May, traveling Khabarovsk, Moscow. And I got on that flight. The flight was empty. So... Airplane empty. You took a picture, which was in the article. Yeah, it was totally Mm -hmm. like nobody was on there. No, and um, so I fly to Moscow. I stay in a hotel in the airport, and that same that same day, I got there on the thirteenth, and in the afternoon, I receive a call from Lufthansa people. That because didn't you call them a long time before? You left. You had said if there's anything, and they said no. Yes, they said just. Exactly. So my friend was able to to give me information on that flight, and it was supposed to be Frankfurt, Moscow, Frankfurt. And so I called them up, like in the beginning of May, when I didn't fly to Minsk, and uh, they told me that they're all booked and uh, just keep calling them. And I I did a few days, and then I kind of just gave up and forgot about it. But they had my number, so they called me exactly on the thirteenth when I was in Moscow, telling me that tomorrow. On the 14th at 9 a.m., there is a flight and there are some spots. Wow. What do you, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, it's like, oh, so you're coming and, back. So at this point, you're prepared to drive with Dimitri. And to, I'm, I'm prepared to leave with Dimitri in the morning of the next day. So on the 14th to, to Minsk, where I was supposed to stay two days because my flight to Barcelona was leaving on the 16th. And oh, so do you know anybody in, to have a cushion. Do you know no, anybody nobody, in Minsk? Or? No, nobody. I had my hotel already figured out I was supposed to stay there two nights. It was a nice hotel, like somewhere in the middle of the forest. I was already like <laughs> prepared so, to. And so, and so Belarus had kind of ignored the COVID, right? Lukashenko, yes, the president, yes. kind of was like, we don't have COVID or no COVID. Yeah, we didn't know. I mean, it was still 50-50 chance, but Dmitry was very con- con- confirmed and um, he was sure that we're going to make it through the border. There wasn't going to be any... I actually don't think there's even a... Bo- is there even a border? There was like... A, there was a post. I don't remember the name of the I, place I know now, friends that have driven through. They said they don't even... They just drive... They just go through. There's not even a... Yeah, there was a post where the bus driver original that I was in touch with, he said, it, it's 50-50. Uh, just make sure that you have all your documents because they might not... They might um, sympathize with you that you're pregnant and you have a little baby, but they might not. So it's kind of like... Because the Belarusians and Russians are pretty, pretty friend, buddy, yeah. buddy, 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 buddy. Yeah. So. Okay. So then, so you get this call now. Now. Now I called Mitri and I said, Mitri, here is the situation. Um, I might fly tomorrow, but I would like to still keep this option open. And he's like, Yes, sure. I will meet you in the morning. I will drive you to the uh, um, airport. And airport was different. So I was in the hotel. I was staying in Chermetivo, and Ch- I yeah. was flying the the flight. To Frankfurt was supposed to be happening from Damadedeva, which is like on the other part. So when I was on flying, the other side of I was, Moscow, I was actually in Moscow and and for New Year's with yeah. a friend, and we flew through London, and the plane was late from Seattle, and we were supposed to go to Shermetova, 
Yes. And then we were like bumped to the next flight because the flight, plane was late. And it was a the two or three hour fl- flight later, but it was Domodedovo. Yeah. And we already had, had a hotel kind of in this part of Moscow near Shermetova. And I was kind of like, I don't really don't want to go to like, it's a whole different deal. It's mm-hmm. an airport because there's three too. There's yeah. a, what's the other one? There's a. Vnukova. Vnukova. Mm-hmm. So there's three. So I actually went to the British Airways people and I said, look, you know, we were supposed to go to this airport. We have a hotel near there. It wasn't actually a huge deal, but I was like, Can we just go tomorrow. Because we, we wanted to originally stay, stay in London for a day anyways, but the mm-hmm. ticket was way too much. Yeah. And I kind of explained, hey, we must rather go to this airport. We switched airports. So they, they um, actually took care of it. They booked it for the next day. They got us a hotel in London. Oh, wow. So we spent a day in London. Nice. Me and Bryce. Yeah, yeah. Touring around a little bit. <laughs> and Any adventures there? Um, not really. It was just a quick day. We saw some, okay. in parts of Mos- London, there's a lot of Russians still. Mm-hmm. So you're walking down the street and you're like, what? Why are they speaking Russian? <laughs> um, okay, so then now... You go to the airport and you're still not, you're kind of... I'm, I I don't know. I don't know. I have like um, a folder, super, super thick of all of the possible proof that, you know, documents to get ready to show to the to the front people of the, of the airline. So you're thinking it's going to be an ordeal to yeah. maybe even get on. No, yeah. I, I thought they were not going to let me go or, you know, they whatever, because... All of this time, I was also in touch with uh, Ministry of um, Mid Russia, Ministry of International Affairs, and the FS- FSB, mm-hmm. the federal. Um, That's the old KGB. Yeah, security services, and all of them were, you know, just kind of giving me these responses that didn't make any sense, and they're just like. About about you leaving. About me leaving, yeah. Like uh, they're just. This is not our competency, you know. We cannot help you in any ways, and and then the the consulates were telling me that I need to get in touch with Meet because I need their permission to leave Russia because otherwise they are not sure they can help me because they got a note that they're not allowed to let me leave Russia even. So it was all whole. So because yeah, Russia has um, exit customs, mm-hmm. and so I was where, where they have to you have to kind of say you're leaving. Where in U.S. you can just kind of yeah. Buy. And this was new to me because I, I mean. Why do I even need a permission to leave my own country? You know, it's it's so it was all all weird. I don't think people had answers really. Everybody was just saying that no, you you won't be able to travel. You will be trapped. It's not it's not happening. It's not possible. So, it's so at some point I I got okay. If you if you travel by land, there is no problem. But if you travel by air, now there is problem. So it's like all so, kind so of different you, information. If if you would have been no kid by yourself, you probably just would have got got a car or something. Oh like yeah, that. absolutely. And I would even get on a bus. I don't think it would be a, a big deal. So, so what happens when you're in so line? So anyway, yeah, we, so this Dmitri who was supposed to drive me to me. So the plan was, okay, he drives me to the airport. We, we check if I'm able to fly. If not, we proceed with the plan to Minsk. So either way, you got to drive her. Yeah. To the airport gotta, or yep, to Minsk. Yep, yep. It's so weird too because I was really um, concerned about the time and I was... Um, I, I told him, okay, be here at, at, at this time because I don't want to be late or anything. I want to have enough time before because God knows what kind of questions um, or interrogation I'm going to have to go through. And he's late, right? Like, so he's like, late. This is like he's, Soviet style. Yeah, he's late and um, he didn't go to the right um, entrance of the hotel. So we're already like 15 minutes behind and we still have to drive. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's in the other side of the ta- of the city. And now he's getting on the highway and he finally stops the car and he says, okay, wait here. Like in the middle of this huge highway, what? he stops the car and I'm like, holy, 
what's happening? You can like, say, by the way, you can say whatever you want on here. Okay. <laughs> Internet radio. <laughs> what ha- what's happening? What is happening? And he goes behind and I'm seeing him light up a cigarette and peeing. Classic, like, classic. Oh my Russia. gosh! Like what? And he doesn't explain what's what's happening. I'm like, okay, I'm gi- I'm being kidnapped. Classic Russian. So little, I'm making sure that I'm make, making sure that my phone is on. I mean, I'm making sure that I can reach somebody. At, you know, and he gets in the car, and he also had he problem with his leg, right? So he was on the um, what do you call those crutches? Yes, and so it was very slow. So he would, you know. He needed a smoke. Yeah, and so he drives me to the airport, and right before he's like, "Do you mind if we stop again?" And I'm like, "No, could we please? Can we just drop me off at the entrance and I'll go?" And so he didn't stop anymore for a, a second smoke. But we got it to the air. We got to the airport, and he parked the car, and then I was um, I was in waiting in line, and yeah, d- waited my line. Everybody in mass, lot big f- full flight, right and. The moment that I saw um, that my luggage was on that belt going, I just, yeah, couldn't believe it. it I was oh. flying. A little crying, maybe? Oh, my gosh. You I know you. I'm sure there were some tears. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it. So then you get through the customs and it was, it was no problem? No problem, no questions, have a safe flight. You know, nothing, not, nothing, not even a check of the temperature. I mean, so I, actually, I think, did they check? The, I think they checked the temperature at the entrance on of the um, airport. I think that's the only time, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, no questions, no no documents, no, like, so you nothing. Get to, so you get to Frankfurt. Get to Frankfurt. Oh, Frankfurt You're, was fine. Are you tired? Um, yeah. I'm just afraid that I'm not going to make my time because I only had, like, an hour, maybe even less. To, to Madrid. To Madrid. Which, by the way... This this lady who called me on the thirteenth and told me that there are flight there there are seats on the flight Moscow Frankfurt. She said, "Oh, what is your final destination?" Maybe I said Madrid. She's like, "Let me see if I can help you." So she was able to help me to put me on a connected flight Frankfurt Madrid, which was also like wow. So like, this way you don't have to go to like Barcelona and take a train. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. And so so the plane was late to Frankfurt and I had a very small t- amount of time and everybody was nice in in Frankfurt until I got to this um security checkpoint where people were just like not so there was nobody in front of me and for some reason they were not calling me to proceed to to go through that you know what is it security security or? yeah 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 and I understand that I have 10 more minutes to go and that I still don't know where where to go because it's, you know, it's not a very good airport and don't like Frankfurt Airport for the transiting. But um, they're just not calling my name and I'm like crying at this point and the, the lady behind me, she's like, why don't you ask her? To, there's nobody in front of her. Why don't you like, why are you waiting for? Like, what are you waiting for? Why she cannot just go through the security and just get her stuff and, and leave? And they're just blank faces. I mean, just completely. Violeta is, is losing it. She's crying. I'm crying. I'm on my knees, like trying to hug her. Oh I God. mean, it's, it's bad. It's bad. And so finally they call me and they check me and um, everything's fine. I get my stuff. I put like I was traveling with a laptop, so I had to put my laptop back in, like my camera, all of that. And I go to the gate, and thankfully they haven't started the boarding process yet, so the the, the plane was also a little late. So I got on a plane to Madrid, and that's that's a what quick. It's an hour. Yeah, and a couple yeah of it was like two hours, and that's yeah. And then happy, and, and then for the pictures, Federico was waiting for you. Yep, Federico was waiting for so, me. So so how long was it since you left? How long were you in Russia? So I left on March 7th and I came back to Madrid on May 14th. 
And you're supposed to just stay for three weeks. Yes. So you were there for what? Five over a month mm-hmm. longer. Two months. A, a month. Two, a, mo- um, a month more than you were supposed to be there. Yeah, a month and a half more. Yeah. Wow. Because full April, no, then no, part of May. No, no. The the other thing you could have, I guess, had the baby in, in Russia, but I mean, you had your, I assume, doctor and all that and stuff in Spain, right? Yeah, it was. I just wasn't prepared. I guess. I mean. And I, I know I could have had the baby in Russia and everything would have been fine, but it's just the whole the whole deal. Like I really want Federico to be there, and I think if Federico was in Russia with me, it was complete. It would it would have been completely different um, um, experience, and I'm sure I would be fine to deliver in Russia. But I just really wanted to come home to him. And oh yeah, I mean, and you got pretty lucky with. I mean, the Bel- the Belarus thing could have gone. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it would have been a great story. I know that. I know Federico, in part of him, he kind of wanted me to do it because it would, it just, you know. Well, I remember he sent, he sent me that. It was from Moscow. He sent me like a, it was some service where you can like use a jet or it's it's kind of like a, a ride sharing for jets. I forget what it's called, but it's like a thing people use. And mm-hmm. There was one from, you know, Moscow to, you know, I think it was Berlin or something or maybe Madrid. Yeah, it was like $25,000. Wow. I was like, I actually made some some calls. I don't know if you know this. I made some calls to some of my friends, like who work for like the U.S. senators, and I was like, "Is there anything?" Because your kid's an American citizen, right? So I was like, "Is there anything you know we can do here?" And and they were kind of like, "Not really." I mean, shit. Yeah, it's. I tried to see if I could help. Thank you so much. I know I, I didn't know at the time, but yes, I. I think Matt then. wasn't Matt trying to do some weird stuff too. Yes, was Matt. Matt was helpful. He was kind of prepping me in Moscow when I was in Moscow, and I find out that I'm getting on the Lufthansa. Might get on the Lufthansa um, plane. Um, he was prepping me what to say and what not to say. So we were kind of working out different scenarios of what might happen. But he was conf- he was confident that uh, everything would be smooth, like you know. And he was even he was even saying that driving would have been perfect too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So it's just such a weird timing because March seventh. I'm trying to think that was still wasn't. It really wasn't. Russia Russia was still fine, but Madrid. I mean. Because didn't later Spain became one of the Yeah, spots. like on the It'll, 11th, it's kind of started, and then on the 16th of, of March, everything got shut down. I, Italy so. and Spain, too, were both, for, for a while, both right. very kind of hot spots. Yes, yes. So, wow, what so I remember, actually, I needed to go to, I needed to go to, to the doctor for, for Violeta, for my um, oldest daughter in Russia, and um, the guy was saying, so, you know, where are you, where, where are you coming from? And I'm like, from Spain, and he immediately put his mask on and okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll wear a mask. Don't bring COVID here. <laughs> so. Wow. So that's so much, I mean, it's a great, great outcome, but pretty wild story. Wild story. Yes. That's, that's like a movie. Yes. A little different than I was going to bring up the, we were in Rome. What was that four years ago? That was when you were still uh, no, no kids arena in Federico. Yes. <laughs> now, there's the famous story of how I was ready to get buck wild. In Rome. And I was, I did get buck wild, but maybe not as buck, wild as you would have thought <laughs> no because we, we did like a we did like a 10 10 12 mile day walking and around 10 p.m <laughs> knocking on the door of Jeff, jeff's room and completely passed out very tired <laughs> not happening the buck wild night so that yeah. was a great trip we did i met you guys were in spain we, we met in italy and then we went to spain yes it was a great trip was it about four years ago i guess uh it was 2015 yes it was I think it was the New Year's from 2014 to 2015. Yeah, that was when I went. I, I met you guys in Italy for Christmas. Right, and then, and then we and went then, to Madrid. But then I went to Crimea. Uh huh. 
Remember I went to Crimea. Well, that's, no, that's not where you met Jenya. No, no, I met somewhere else. So I went to uh, Moscow for a while, and then I went to Crimea, and then I came back to uh, Spain. Yes. And we did, we, we had, um, that was fun. Yeah, wow, what? What, a, what a good time that was. Yes. Coming well, back to visit us? I would like to, yeah, I went once this, co- I mean, I don't even know how yeah. the traveling goes. I, like, I was looking to go, my friends and I were supposed to go to Fiji for oh. December. We had tickets, but it was 40,000 mile deal. It was a great, in wow. February, they had a, a special Alaska Airlines, because Fiji's a partner. And, you know, I don't know if we're going to go. I mean, the airport, the airport's still closed, I think. Yes. And my friends don't even want to, you know, go and deal with it. And, yeah. Because, I mean, I flew to Fairbanks, you know, last week right, for this right, video. Right. And, you know, it's a 45-minute flight. But, I mean, wearing that mask sucks. Yes. It's very, I mean, you, and you had to wear one, what, from from, Mos- from Cabarros to From Mo- Cabarros to Moscow, they weren't that picky. But f- but f- f- um, Lufthansa, they were very, very just, just, I mean, just, they said you have to wear. So I had to wear it Moscow, Frankfurt, and Frankfurt. Madrid. It just at all it's, times. it's unpleasant. Like I want to have a drink. Yes. They aren't really serving food. I mean, it's just kind of not very. Imagine doing like a cross ocean flight with yeah. that. Yeah. It's no. It's 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 crazy. And then at some point, you you know probably the the part of why I didn't fly to Moscow on May first and kind of carried on with the plan and just kind of wait what other options we could have come up with, being that Moscow Minsk was canceled. I think. A part of me was just scared because in Moscow it was the time of most cases, right? It was completely hot for the most cases, and um, people were getting sick. And I have a classmate that lives there, and he's like, "You're crazy if you're gonna go to Moscow right now. It's just it's completely bad." And so I was, so I, I wanted to get home, but I was like, "Okay, do I really want to risk?" So you're you're trying you're trying you're trying to weigh. The kind of the, the the threat or the risk of getting you know COVID or do, yes. being in a place with kind of staying away from your husband for maybe who knows how many more months. Yes, everybody was telling me that I'm not gonna make it, that I'm gonna deliver in Russia, and I just should just get okay with that idea and just settle in. And that's kind of what I thought. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just looking at everything. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it. Great story. Glad yes. you're glad you're here. Back in you, you guys, that, you guys, try to think. You, you lived here for what, ten years. Almost? Like a seven. So I came here in 2008 and then left in 2014. Came for a half a year in 2016. Did our wedding here and and then we were. That's a different. We got to do another podcast on your wedding and yes, all because yes. that was loose. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'll say one thing about that. I was helping coordinate. I was helping plan. I was the M- one of the MCs. You, you were one of the MCs. Yes. And we had this whole program designed. It was a beautiful program with with kind of all the people talking and the toast and the parents and this and the dancing. And it was so great. And, and two things happened at that wedding that I really, I loved everything, except I didn't have any food, even though there was the best food. What, what they have? Uh, crab and, and st- meat and all this. I was so busy trying to make sure everything followed the, you know, the program. Yes. But then what I really frustrated me was halfway into the program, people were just so hammered. I mean, there was a, because Federico's Italian, Venezuelan, you're Russian. So <laughs> imagine this group of Italians, Venezuelans, and Russians, and Americans. Yep. I, mean, I remember doing doing something, and I just saw one of the tables just... Like on their third, like vodka shot. Yeah, they were supposed to drink according to the games, right? They yeah, were supposed to. That fucking stopped about two minutes into the drinking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and 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 then and then everybody kind of the the hardcore one stayed. And remember the cops came. Oh yes. The Homer police showed up at three a.m. I still it, have I still have that picture in front. I mean, in my little wedding book, and I yeah. po- I posed with the cops. Yep. Because because we were pretty far away. We were by the we were by the water and the big house, but we were going so hard. That they were getting complaints. Yes, <laughs> and the band was about to leave, but somebody so, so, decided so. <laughs> that they should stay. <laughs> so, so they were going to leave at like like 
I think 11 or 12, right? right. And I but said, you talked to him. Well, and you I, talked so I, to them. They were these DJ guys. And, and I said, what the fuck? How can you leave at 12? I mean, we're just getting started. Not for so, this group of people. So these guys were kind of, I mean, they weren't used to this kind of level of no, wedding. So no. I, remember, I forgot about that. So I went and talked to him and I said, hey, let's let's stay till three. Yeah. And I was, let's say, maybe pretty drunk. Yes. And I negotiated. <laughs> didn't, you guys, didn't you guys get a nice extra bill? Yep, we did. <laughs> was it like a thousand bucks? I don't remember what it was like <laughs> right now, but... It was a lot of overtime. I remember Federico calls me and says, dude, like I got a bill for a thousand dollars. What for, happened there? I said, I, I told him to stick around for a couple hours. I didn't think it was going to be... I gave I, him, thought, I thought they were just going to do it. You I know, think I gave him like 50 bucks. I thought that was gonna get maybe cover it yeah 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 yeah. and then there was the the slight damage to the door to the uh jacuzzi room oh my god which i to this day i i i I nudged it i didn't like force it that was another 500 i think damage damage. you should see the look of my husband face right now now. i i because there was a whole pool and a a spa and a steam room yeah i don't even i mean it's a massive door i don't know what what i mean how could it's a pretty big door break that door i mean it's that was a great wedding. So it was, it was four, four years ago now, right? Sixteen. So next year we're doing five year anniversary, and I'm trying to convince somebody to maybe do an anniversary party in the same plane with same group. If of we people. can get that same group together, I mean that was, that was one hell of a group. Yeah. And, and it was crazy because it was outside at this big house in Homer. Yes. And the day before it was on the solstice. The day before it was raining. And the day, and the day after. after. But that day was sunny, Perfect. seventy, like it, w- it was the best. It was um, the best night. Yep, it was the best wedding. We were lucky. I, 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 I think one of the my favorite parts of that whole wedding was we did the surprise, which you had found out later. I had me and some people had got the helicopter, yeah, to take you. So we did the you guys did the wedding, the pictures, and then it was you're supposed to go to the some car, but it ended up being a helicopter. We had the guys. Oh my god! Clear out the landing. We make sure they could land in the in the back area, but before that, we were trying to figure out where we were going. Uh. Or who was going to be sitting where, I guess. And Federico was talking to your mom through me and Katya, because she doesn't speak English. And she was insisting on, and I was confused. I didn't, I wasn't like part of this whole seating thing. And, mm-hmm. and then she said something. And then Federico. Uh, it was the church, I think. It was sitting in the church, right? So it, it was like the church. And then yeah. and then she's like, I talked to the people. And then Federico said something. Well, like, I speak English. Like, you know, I talked to him. I think maybe I, he's like, don't translate that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got to get out of here. It's like one uh, of us speaks English, not you. Like, okay, don't translate that. Don't translate that, yes. <laughs> and I think when my mom was giving speech and Katya was translating, she didn't translate half of what my mom oh, was man, saying. Oh, man, you're very dramatic. I forgot about your mom's speech. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, yes. Remember, it was like, I speak Russian, so it was like, you understood it, 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 yeah. it was like really bizarre. It was like, what would you say? She's like, and Arena goes to America, and she doesn't we, call. We call, we call several times. We she we text, we email. She does, and and it's like, and the whole point was like she found like so. She was going to the beautiful. She was, I mean, she was ending ending the toast with a beautiful message. Yes, but she, going up there, I'm like, I'm talk, I, I'm turning to my dad. I'm like, what is she? I was at my. I was at my. She talking about? I was at my table, and half of them could speak Russian, and half of them couldn't. I said, she, this is this is some dark Russian <laughs> shit. Yes, because she was saying she left to study in 2008, and. We never she, heard she, from uh, her, even though we were talking every day on Skype. She didn't call. Yes. She didn't write. We lost our daughter. Yeah. And the whole point was that she kind of found somebody who was, was like a mom family, figure. family, yeah. Mom figure and dad figure. But I was, was like, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, where, where are we going with this? I know. And she doesn't drink. My mom doesn't drink. So it was completely sober talks. I mean, yeah, it was it was, it was a, funny. Definitely a, definitely a power wedding. Yes. If you do, we need to do the five year. We do, right? Tell him. I'm telling him. We just got to get that checkbook out and 
Remember, there was the beluga vodka on each table too, oh. which, which the next day I was a little hungover. I was like, I need some, I need, a, I need a little pick me up here, and and I couldn't believe it. They drink, I think it was like four, four, or five, how many cases of vodka? It was like four or five cases of the stuff. It yes, was, it, it was something like that. It was all yeah. gone. Yeah, and now I mean, we were trying. It, it, we were, we needed to find that vodka, right, Federico? Because it wasn't. I think um, it was a special it order. It wasn't available, yes, in the yeah. store. So we had to ask a friend to to get it for us, and, and he did. And uh, I mean, uh, yes, it was just... What, what I did eat was some of that caviar. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did enjoy. All right, well, Arena, this um, has been a great... Um, first time doing... We've been talking about doing the podcast for a long time. I know. This is this is fun. I can do this every day. <laughs> I think I think you'd be a good podcaster. Yes? You know, okay. A, a, you know, a Russian yeah. in Madrid. Yeah, so maybe Call. I'll pursue that. Talk to me. I'll get you all, I'll get you all hooked up. Okay. Okay, Rina Dudina. Thank you so much fre- fre- for having me. Fresh out of the COVID Russia there from a few months ago. So yes. it's been a while, but. Traveling to Spain and one month later coming here to Anchorage. How crazy is that? How crazier is that? <laughs> Just traveling in the middle of COVID. That's, that's <laughs> what a, we do. You're a real jet setter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, Rina. Well, it was great, great having you on the podcast. Best of luck. And I'm glad you guys are here and glad, glad we got to catch up. Me too. Thank you, Jeff. All right, folks. If you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.